0: Welcome to Powwow Life Podcast from Powwows.com, connecting you with Native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Welcome back to another episode of the Powwow Life Podcast. I'm Paul Gowder, founder of Powwows.com. Thank you all for being here again. During the pandemic, lots of things were shut down. You know, Powwows stopped schools went virtual, most people worked from home for months. But one thing that exploded during the pandemic was disc golf. And if you're not familiar, this is literally taking a Frisbee and throwing it toward a basket. Baskets are made of chains um, and it has a little metal ba- uh, basket at the bottom. It's basically playing golf, but with Frisbees. It was a great sport just for right for the timing of the pandemic, because you could go out and play with you, just yourself or your family and distance yourself. The sport has seen hundreds of thousands of people join over the last few months. And one of those is Leah Sinogeni. She is an ultimate frisbee player who came over to disc golf from the ultimate world and is has done fantastic in her first couple of years playing disc golf. She's already joined the professional tour and is out there traveling to disc golf tournaments every weekend and doing quite well for herself. And recently, she was elected by the highest vote of all those up for election to the Professional Disc Golf Association Board of Directors. It's great to see Native representation with a sport like this, and she's working with the PDGA to bring this to underserved populations and really get the sport out there. I'm excited for you to see, to hear her interview. Um, I encourage you to go follow her on Instagram and uh, follow her tournaments and watch how she does and how she grows into the sport to become one of the top competitors in disc golf. And if you haven't tried it, get out there, grab a Frisbee and go play it. There are special discs designed just for disc golf. You can catch, you know, they got them at Walmart, Academy Sports, and of course, Amazon. Um, Give it a try. I have become addicted. I am playing every weekend. I've played in a couple of tournaments, not doing as well as Leah does, but I'm having fun. My family plays with me. Um, we, we've gone to a couple of courses in other towns. It is a great sport It and it's so easy to get into. It's not like golf where you have to play pay green fees. Most courses are public and they're out there. You just go grab a disc and start throwing at the basket. Super fun, give it a try. So thank you, Leah, for spending time with us here on the Powwow Nation podcast. All right, a couple of other things before we get to the interview. Don't forget, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary here at Powwows.com, and you can enter to win a great contest. We've got 25 Pendleton blankets. We're giving away 25 blankets for 25 years. Just head on over to com slash five www.powells.com slash two And at the end of the episode, like we do every week, I will give you a bonus code for extra entries that only is available on this podcast. Please also go and leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. That really helps more people discover the show. And I'd love to have more listeners enjoying these great interviews. And Each Tuesday, I will draw a name from all those who have left reviews on Apple Podcast and select one person at random to receive 10 of our powwow stickers. If you're interested in those, head on over to our www.powells.com/shop. We've got those and other great merchandise on sale and we appreciate your support there. Thank you so much for for shopping. But yeah, go go, uh, like us and uh, give us a review over on Apple Podcast. I'd really appreciate that. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here on another episode of the power life podcast. I hope you enjoy this interview with Leah Sinegeni and get out there, grab a disc and give it a try. I am super excited to have with me tonight, Leah Sinegeni, who is a professional disc golfer candidate for the professional disc golf association board of directors. Um, So Leah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So um, I, I, Um, You know, I just got into disc golf playing about a year, so it was exciting to see um, your name come up when I was looking at my ballot for the PDGA Board of Directors. Um, So before we get into the disc golf and everything else, uh, tell me about your background, where you're from.
1: So I was born in California, but I've lived in Georgia since I was 10. And um, on my dad's side is the Navajo side. Uh, He grew up in Clagato um, in Arizona and on my mom's side, I'm first generation American. Um, she immigrated from the Philippines in the seventies. So, um, from there, I just, uh, went to Georgia tech, started playing ultimate Frisbee, uh, in college. And then last year in the pandemic, I, um, had already been playing ultimate for about 12 years. And when I couldn't play ultimate, I picked up disc golf um, so that was a really exciting thing for me. And uh, as you can tell, I just jumped right into it and haven't looked back.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I, I saw, um, uh, when I was looking at some of the videos, um, you've done, yeah, you jumping in, you, you've already played over 30 events. Um, but coming off the ultimate, you know, I think a lot of people are making that, that jump. And last year, um, disc golf really did explode during COVID, um, it was a sport that even myself we you know when i was home from work um working remotely my daughter and i for i think two months straight we played every single day it was super exciting to be able to do that um and i think a lot of people found found the sport that way um how you know coming from ultimate how has it been how's the transition been
1: for me it was a very um i wouldn't say easy cuz it was a lot of uh uh, growing and learning pains, but definitely a natural transition. Um, I, uh, really love just any sort of physical activity, like besides disc golf, like I love running, like I've done a couple of five K's this year and I've always just been an athlete. So, um, the, just like you, I was playing every day and then I was watching videos. What videos could I watch? Um, So, you know, watch Simon's videos, Kona Panis's videos, trying to figure out like, okay, I want to get better. Um, And so uh, really the hardest thing was just like learning the different discs, especially the faster discs. Um, And I'm a lefty as well. So I didn't really have like, much to lean on in terms of just like, copying my friends. Cause, um, that's, that's how I went out originally was I just joined my friends that had already been playing disc golf. Um, so, uh, definitely had to kind of like make my own path and, and a lot of practice rounds by myself, just casually, um, just to, to learn all these new discs. And I've tried a lot of discs. I throw <laughs> every manufacturer and, um, you know, until I get, that first big, uh, disc manufacturer sponsor. I've, I've been trying everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I went out today and, um, I just got a, uh, I got four or five discs from, uh, latitude, uh, throwing those today. Loving those. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I cool. want the grace. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still throwing slower speed discs. I, I don't have the, arm <laughs> for the big speed disc, but yeah. Um, that's cool. So, and, and, you know, for people not familiar with, with disc golf and especially per, professional disc golf, it, Touring professionals, it's much like some of our folks in the powwow circuit who are traveling um, around the country, going to different powwows, competing and and making a living out of this. And you kind of you started touring and and started going to some of the professional events, right?
1: Yes, I am a full time touring professional this season. So I've been going to as many of the tournaments as any of the other uh, touring pros.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and I, you know, I think people, uh, the powwow world can, can definitely, um, relate to that. You know, it's the, it, it's the, uh, the, the grind of doing that every week and making a living at it. it it's, uh, I know it's a difficult life on the road, but one that's, um, super, I'm sure it's super exciting and and pretty awesome. Um, and, you know, I was looking at your PDGA website, uh, of entries and, I, and I'll link this in the show notes. Um, Thirty-eight events in in your just your short time playing. You joined the PDGA officially. What, um, like December of twenty twenty looks like, or maybe a little before that. Um,
1: yeah, so that was when I became a certified official. Okay. Um, but I joined, I think June fifteenth, right around there. Yeah. Um, so that would have been like a month into me playing, like finding disc golf.
0: That's awesome um, yeah your your pdj number is only a few thousand ahead of mine
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but you know already you just looking at your career um on the pdj website, I mean already you've got some amazing um accomplishments, a third at the putting contest at world at the uh, professional world this year um and several wins so so far, you know what has been the highlights for you
1: on the on the professional tour um Certainly, uh, the U S women's disc golf championships, I finished tied for 17th there. So that's my highest finish at a major. And it's also been my biggest payout for an event. Um, and we had, that was the until worlds this year, which was, um, you know, very recent, uh, past three weeks ago. Um, That was the highest number of women in in an event. There was 62 of us, I think. And then uh, at Worlds, we had 70 FPO, so female pros. And um, that was our biggest field ever competing in it. So we had, um, you know, to tie for 17th, having like a top 20 finish in that big event was really exciting for me and then also getting third at the world's putting competition, uh, was, was, uh, really surprising, honestly, because I like putting is my favorite part of the game. And I've, uh, been learning a new grip, um, in the past co- uh, week. So, um, I'm always working on my putting game. That's like my favorite part. Um, and, uh, I think that's where a lot of the Female pros can, you know, besides all the distance throwers, that's where you really need to get your strokes is on the putting green. Yeah. So um, it's been super fun, especially just traveling and getting to meet new friends. You know, we see each other every week. Um, You set up practice rounds to practice with different, uh, you know, players, newer friends and and, uh, you know, ones that you've been getting to know along the way. And so, yeah, really the community for me is what's been the most encouraging part, like really feeling like I could stick with it, um, uh, especially the women. The women have been like super uplifting and encouraging to me. Even when I finished uh, 17th, you know, I had uh, people that have been in the game for years and years message me saying that, like, you know, that they were proud of me and that uh, to keep it up. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it- really cool. You know, the disc golf community in the little time I've been in is very welcoming. And one of the things I like about the sport is it has a low barrier of entry. You know, it, it's really easy to go out there and do. Um, and it's still kind of early, so you know, you were talking about watching Simon videos, Kona videos. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that have, you know, are watching powwow videos the same way, you know, watching uh, Northern Cree or some of these guys, and, and you can still go to a powwow and you can still meet these guys. And same thing with disc golf, you've probably now played with Kona after watching her videos and learn. So, um, I think that's a really cool part of the sport. Um, mm-hmm. we're not, you know, we were not so far removed from, from the fans and the community is really strong. Um. So, you know, first year on tour, you've already hit some major accomplishments. Where do you, you know, what are your goals for the rest of the season and 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 beyond?
1: Um, well, I'm really just trying to uh, build just kind of like better and like more often, um, like more frequent uh, content online, just because, you know, I do have a unique perspective and I want to make sure that the people that want to, you know, see women and especially women of color and what they're doing in the sport. I would love to just, you know, be part of that, um, content, uh, on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and, and I also do a lot on Twitter. And so, um, trying to make more YouTube videos and especially all of that kind of stuff goes into, you know, building my brand and trying to get my name out there so I can get, more sponsors because the payouts aren't how the pros make a living you know it's everything yeah. on, behind the behind the scenes that helps them you know with their with their uh, expenses of of touring full-time so yeah. i'm i'm doing the best that i can so far and my biggest sponsor is uh otb discs they're one of yeah. like the biggest online retailers um so you know having people like having even just that kind of sponsor helps with you know my uh my hopes of getting uh, more opportunities in the future
0: yeah it's all about getting a, a disc sponsorship like something like this
1: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice one when, when did the when did those ones come out again i forget when brody got a thousand
0: it, it was it was in the summer i think i was um actually standing <laughs> online at disney world when i ordered that one um, yeah,
1: we were actually in college at the same time. Um okay. so he went yeah. to University of Florida and I went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. So that was that was both the Southeast College region. And okay. and so I knew him back when we were little, little 20-year-olds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> another ultimate crossover. There, there's several now that um of touring professionals that are making that crossover. Mm-hmm. Um so cool. Um and, you know, you, you mentioned women, of co- women and women of color. And, you know, I had a similar conversation with an actress lately about representation in, in media. And I think it's the same thing in sports. Um, it, it helps when you see somebody like you in sports and then you can blaze a trail. You know, what has it meant for you to, to be a woman of color on tour this year? And, you know, how have fans reacted to that?
1: I think that, uh, again, you know, that same line of just feeling super welcomed. Um, obviously when you get onto the online community, people tend to be meaner, but all of my interactions in person have been super encouraging. Uh, I really do. I really do love when fans come up. Um, and I've had, you know, people message me on IG and say, thank you for like, like just, you know, being a voice out there. Um, I do agree with, you know, um, that person you interviewed that visibility matters. And um, whenever I can have those one-on-one interactions uh, with people, and I can tell that I'm making a difference, it just helps me know that I'm like, doing the right thing. Because all I want is for people to have, you know, a positive, uh, some sort of positive outlet. And I think disc golf is a great opportunity for um, you know, physical activity and and connecting with, uh, with a community. And so um, definitely love that when I'm out there, I don't, I do feel some pressure, you know, because if I ever make a mistake or whatnot, you know, that, that can get attached to just, you know, bigger things than just me as an individual making a mistake. But um, I do, I do feel honored and, you know, humbled by uh, the amount of, of weight that I feel like, um, I'm carrying. And I only hope that I can just play this sport for however long. And, and when more, you know, more native women, more, any women of color start playing the sport, then I'm just like part of a bigger group. I want to, I don't want to be the only one forever. You know, I want, <laughs> I want my, what I do to actually grow the sport with, with, with people that look like me.
0: Right. right. <laughs> um, and so, and so, let's talk about you know you're now running for the PDGA board of directors. Um, how do you see the PG, PDGA accomplishing that and spreading the sport? You know, it's exploding. We talked about that. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of people picking up the sport, and, it, and it's really growing. How do we get this to people of color now?
1: I do think that the um, some of the initiatives that they laid out for their you know their strategic plan are good ones so we have um any sort of youth initiative to me is really important i've worked with youth like since i was in like my first year of college and i've been coaching uh ultimate at the youth level i've lived abroad coaching youth at the old Ult- um, coaching youth um in ultimate and so uh any sort of engagement in that respect um and a lot of this has to be at the local level so <clears throat> I have had even um, native disc golfers reach out to me like saying that they're running this and that event um, and like uh, if I can make it out there or if I can help out in any way. So if you've done that and uh, that's that in itself it hap- has to happen at the local level um, is super helpful. I think with PDGA specifically, any of the you know marketing uh, strategies could, be more geared towards, uh, you know, people of color and indigenous people, because when I even look at the logo, it's just like this silhouette of a dude that <laughs> I'm assuming is a white dude throwing a, a disc at a basket. And so like immediately yeah. just from there, you know, you're like, oh, that logo doesn't really speak to me. <laughs> and so, So just even small things like that are like the first step. And then Um, when you're breaking it down even more, like, you know, what uh, can what kind of toolkits or resources um, can the PDGA provide to this, the smaller local levels, we do have a grant program um, through the PDGA that uh, anyone can apply to. And so uh, it's the diversity and outreach grant program. And so we've had uh, at least two different applications with um with that hit a uh, native population um one in alaska and i think one in the northeast somewhere i can't remember that's but exciting. i'm yeah i'm on the pdga diversity and outreach task force so we go through those grant applications and um we have a, i forget how much money total that we've we've been allowed to allocate this year to those to those grant ap- grants that's great um, yeah grant applications yeah i talked
0: talking to a friend up on cherokee reservation they're putting in a course Um,
1: Yes, that actually, that's one of them, too. Yeah. So that would be three different Native ones that um, have come up in our meetings. It's been super cool to see that. And honestly, I definitely think it's an untapped part of the PDGA membership. Like, you know, there's, there are so there's so much room for that to grow. Because if you think about how, you know, even smaller courses could be about like three to six or nine whole courses. There's plenty of real estate in terms of, you know, any sort of reservation that's looking to grow, um, either there, you know, through the parks department or whatever, like that, uh, that is definitely room for, for growth in terms of getting more native disc golfers out there.
0: (laughs) That'd be exciting to have, have more on the res, on reservations across the country. That'd be great. Um, Yeah. All right, so and you mentioned some of the criticism online, and I was reading some of the comments on your interview with uh, Terry Miller, the, the disc golf guy. Um, so how do you, you know, give you a chance to, to answer that, some of the, the, the things people are saying that you're running for the board of directors, but yet you are, um, in their words, pushing a, a platform of uh, an identity um, or a specific gender or race. Um, mm-hmm so yeah how how do you answer that and and kind of what's your stance on that
1: i think one i think it's super unfortunate because i because just because there's like certain words that are used i think people get triggered by those words and all every person alive has identities and yeah. multiple different things that you associate with yourself and so i think it was unfortunate that you know, that person really just hung on to that word that I used, which, cause I said, identity probably like twice. Nice. Also said, mentioned that I was a woman of color, like multiple times, but I mean, look down the ballot. I really was the only woman of color on the ballot. So it was just like, kind of funny that like, you know, it's, it's obvious, but I do have, I do have to make a point of it because it, it, there's not enough of us in terms of You know, when we look at um, a ballot of eight candidates and it's all older white men and then there's one woman that's 30 years old running for the board and everyone else is older than me, everyone else is white, and everyone else has been playing the sport for longer than me. But if you look through my professional experience and disc golf experience, it's very clear that I'm not just on there just to be that one diverse candidate I'm on there because I am a qualified candidate, and I bring diversity to the sport. And so, um, i I think one of the harder things for me that I'm still learning is that i I do have like a certain set of you know um, vernacular and words that I use when I'm thinking about like growing diversity and being more inclusive within different communities um but i do also have to learn how to talk to people that aren't using those words and like their you know their day to day life and um when people get you know triggered by me saying diversity or triggered by me saying identity this is my identity like i have to learn to like step like step away from that and just talk in a different way because um i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to say something that makes someone feel offended I'm trying to express myself and say, Hey, this is why my voice matters. And so, um, you know, if, if people are offended by me saying that, then I just need to, you know, connect with them a different way. Um, I do believe that, you know, online forums, it's very low percentage chance that we're actually going to be able to communicate effectively and listen (laughs) to each other's sides and then, you know, come to some sort of consensus from there because, uh, a lot of things these days are polarized so um even things that aren't political are political these days and so um it's it's uh you know being able to step away from that and these these kinds of things you know where we're having this like one-on-one conversation i think sup- are super helpful to breaking those barriers of whether it's communication or um just you know like you know not understanding and uh, so I, I do, I would love to respond to those people, but I just, it's in comment back and forth. It's just not going to work. So at some point I just have to ignore it and just hope that one, maybe one day we could connect in a, in a, in a better mode of communication. <laughs> I
0: agree so much. Uh, it's, it's so true. Um, and things are polarized now and you know, some people they're looking for those keywords to just set them off. Um, but for me, you know, I think it's super exciting to have new new, fresh ideas with the PDGA. Um, the sport is at such an important crossroads, um, and we've got so much money and eyes coming into the sport. You know, Paul McBeth signing a $10 million deal, um, ESPN getting ready to co- put more tournaments on air. Um, it's time for some fresh ideas. Um, obviously, the, the PDGA needs some fresh ideas, so exciting. That's exciting. Um, yeah. All right, so now I got to geek out and ask you some disc golf questions. Um, (laughs) All right, so you said you you love putting and putting is one of your strong suits. So what are you putting with right now?
1: So I put with the Paige Pierce Fierce. And so for those of you that don't know, Paige Pierce is (laughs) the best women. Awesome, love it. She's the best player in the game, in the FPO. And uh, she's actually my uh, OTB teammate. So we're teammates through through otb discs and um yeah she's an amazing player so i when i originally was putting with paul Macbeth's lunas mm-hmm. i switched to the fierce because i was like well i want to rep Paige's discs so i started putting with her discs
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah um i actually have both in my bag so um i usually use the fierce for approach shots and then putt with uh, the lunas that's cool though um, yeah and all right, so what are we driving with? And, and how far are you throwing? Are you, are you up there with the Katrina? Um, are you one of the big throwers out there on tour? I'm or?
1: not up there yet, but I'm getting there because uh-huh. I parked a 400 foot hole. Granted, it was downhill, so it's probably playing closer to like 360 or 370. But um, I am getting more distance, and honestly, I'm not even worried about what my distance is right now because. I know it's just gonna, it's gonna get at least 50 feet to hundred feet longer. Um, you know, the biggest distance throwers in the game for FPO can throw like around 500. Um, but that's not like with control, you know, that would be yeah. like if they're yeah. going for max distance. So right. like on the course, more likely you're going to see 400, 450 as being those distance throwers. Um, uh, and then for me, I'm closer to 350. So I'm trailing behind there. My control shots are going to be anywhere from 300 feet to 350 feet. Um, and then if I'm really gunning it, then I just also have to accept that those throws would be more likely to go out of bounds because right, right. I don't quite have the control yet to just be throwing it 400 feet whenever I want.
0: <laughs> um, and so we talked about new people coming in the sport and hopefully people of color. So what would you give people out there, um, watching? What, what's your advice for somebody just starting the sport? What's your best?
1: So the best advice I can give is that if you find out that you really love it, then, um, you know, have a friend to go with on the course with you because uh unless you know if you're an introvert or whatever and you like your alone time and doing it that way I did that a lot um so have a friend and then just watch some videos because that's really what where I learned to love the game is the big personalities in the sport so like you know you have the Brody Smith videos and uh Mm -hmm. his disc and um Uh, Paige Pierce herself has videos that she makes and and Simon Lazat is my favorite like YouTube blogger in in the disc golf space (laughs) because he's just hilarious and um, so if you really want to kind of understand like how the you know the game works the community works watching those videos is super entertaining and it kind of like inspired me to get out on the course Um, and starting with uh, discs that You don't necessarily have to go out and buy, um, you know, like I have a bajillion these days, but you know, start out with three discs, start out with whatever putter starter kit you want. So there's, you know, plenty of kits through Innova, Discraft, you know, Westside, all of them, they have their own starter kits and, uh, um, they they all have one putter, one mid range and one driver. And normally that's enough to get you through a whole round until you, until you feel comfortable playing the sport even more i've played in all across the country at this point now i'm starting in the midwest um and then the tour goes kind of down the east coast and finishes in nashville so i've played in california utah kansas phoenix uh and so i anywhere you go you can find a disc golf course um a lot of the times it depends on if, you you know, how how far you have to drive, but uh, even just going out in the field and like kind of making up your own course works too. Right. Uh, right. Um, but that that is that kind of like that accessibility to the sport. How can we make it more accessible to native communities? So that in itself is an issue. Um, so if you don't have a course around you, do not get discouraged by that. You can definitely just go out, find, um, you know, places where you can kind of just like go and make up something while being safe because disc golf discs can be kind of unpredictable, especially (laughs) if you're new to the sport. Right, right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had a friend, um, he uh he had some land next to his house and he just put um tape on trees and they his his, his, his sister would just go out, they just throw at trees. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So we I mentioned this before we started recording, but so the World Championships just happened, and if yes. for those of us for those of you not in disc golf, go go Google it and just look pause up.
1: Pause it right now you know, and then go Watch. All right, <laughs> and, and
0: so in some pl- some places are even calling this the most clutch sports moment of all time. So where were you when the shot from James Conrad happened?
1: Oh my gosh, I cannot handle like that moment in itself. Like I feel like i just lost myself i was there um so already had watched an incredible finish in the women's side Uh, katrina allen threw an even like longer shot so james's shot was right around 250 katrina's shot to win was right around 350 and so this was like a few hours before she threw this crazy shot, landed in the circle and won that way. So I already thought that was the highlight of the day. So James was right in the middle of the grass fairway. He had a 250 foot shot. It had to be a righty backhand and the line had to be perfect to go into the basket the way it did. Um, I was only, I was right behind him. So there's the left side of the fairway and the right side of the fairway. Um, and he was throwing this way. I was behind him on the left side. Um, and it was this moment of silence when the disc was originally just like when he, right when he released the disc, it was a moment of silence. And it was like, as it was going up in the air and people realized how good of a line he had hit people started yelling things like get in the basket get in the basket and then you just see you just like feel your mouth dropping as you like think it's gonna go in and then it actually went in and (laughs) then just the crowd erupted and there was like almost 1500 people in this crowd and so the crowd erupted and I lost control of my body and then all of us on the side of on the sidelines just started running onto the fairway right behind him and so we're all running. And if you so if you look at the clip, the one that has Anthony Barella right in it, right. I was like not even like 10 feet behind him. So I'm like right in there. You see Garrett Gerthy. That's like right where I was because I was walking with Jess Weiss at that point. And so um yeah, it was in incre- like most the most easiest thing for me to say is that it was like the best. Thing that I'll ever see in person, sports, like sports wise, maybe even just in general, but absolutely the most incredible sports moment in my life and in this century. (laughs) Like, if, if even if you don't know about disc golf, it, it had to have, it was the like thinking about like a grand slam or like a buzzer beater, like that doesn't even. Amount to what this kind of moment was because those kinds of things happen season to season every year. Right, right. This is this isn't going to happen again. Like this is yeah. not going to happen again. So
0: and it was um, the last shot, <laughs> championships. Yeah, goal, down by one. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. everything. Yeah,
1: it, it was everything that you could ever want in a sports moment, and then it forced the playoff. Um, the fact that James won on hole sixteen during the playoff, it was only one hole. So that would have been a three hole loop, 16, 17, 18. Um, But the fact that he won on 16, the very first hole of the playoff was actually super fitting because he got an ACE on that hole during the tournament. And he had just dominated that hole, the whole tournament. So super fitting that he won on that hole, but really that, that shot was what uh, even made them force them go to a playoff. So yeah. If you have not seen it, please go watch it. It literally just, I don't know if, if that moment in itself doesn't make like at least 5,000 more disc golfers start playing, like <laughs> there's, there's going to be so many more people playing the sport just because of this one moment. Like yeah. it's crazy to think about. <laughs>
0: it, and it, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's so talked about. It's so, I, mean, I was on the course the next day and, um, I'm, you know, two fairways are crossing and, and the guys on another hole just stopped. Like, did you see it? And we all knew what we we're talking about. It's like, yeah, we saw it. Yeah.
1: And you hear the pros like that weren't at the course, you hear them like being at their stories of like being at a restaurant and like scaring the whole restaurant because they're <laughs> watching it live. And like yeah. so many stories of people just, you know, losing their minds over this one shot and, uh, yeah, I went to the course and played our casual round the day after, and I tried to, like, copy the shot with my left hand, forehand. <laughs> I tried to do the same thing, and I was like, yeah, this is, that was once in a lifetime for sure. <laughs>
0: and Yeah. You know- you, you were talking about how Simon, you're watching Simon's videos. And so for me, when I was first getting into it, it was, it was Simon, but it was Paul and Brody that I watched. Um, so, I, you know, I'm cheering for Paul and I'm like, Oh my God, he's doing it. He's going to make this comeback. And then you see that. And it, you, the first reaction is like, Oh my God, Paul just probably lost. But then it's like, Oh my God, this is the most incredible thing for disc golf ever. So,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, You couldn't be, you couldn't not be happy for James. It was just.
1: Yeah. It. And he's an incredible person in general. Yeah. So yeah. I was certainly rooting for Paul to get his sixth, too. But after that, like you said, there's no one that kind of root for James. <laughs>
0: and, I, and I've heard Paul say he thinks it's the uh, it's better for the sport for for James to have won. But um, mm-hmm. all right. So next disc golf question. Macbeth or Climbo? Who's the guy?
1: <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, So. Numbers wise, you know, Ken has 12 world championships, Macbeth only has five. Um, and they're playing completely different disc golf games. It's and I've listened to Ken Climo's interview on the Running It with Nate Sexton podcast.
0: Yeah, I've heard that really,
1: really enjoyed that. Um, but uh, it's hard for me not to root for Paul because he's still got so much life left in the game. I think, you know, if you project it out, like Paul, definitely. Uh, I think he overtakes Ken Climo's, right. you know, like, like rise to fame because, you know, he, he is in an era where, you know, there is more room to make a name for yourself in disc golf. Yeah. And and it and even for Paul Macbeth, it's gonna like exceed the disc golf community community. Like he could make a name for himself just, you know, in anyone's living room with how good he's he's playing disc golf. And you know, he just won Des Moines Challenge after, you know, getting second at worlds. And he has so many uh uh there's like a stat I think for the past eight years, no matter what his worlds finish was, he got first and then in the like the I tournament after. Yeah yeah since like That's 2013 yeah. yeah yeah so the fact that he is still that hungry like he has a lot a lot of room for for growth still would, he's already the best and he has all of these young guns that are you know coming for him and he's gonna keep wanting to prove himself time and time again that like you know even with these with these young people in the game I've still got it I've still got it
0: so. yeah Klamo had, <laughs> had Barry Schultz to compete with, but yeah, he, he didn't have Eagle and um, Calvin, and yeah, um, yeah, uh, and, and it would be easy for Macbeth to take the ten million in the McLaren and just coast. Um, yeah, his his passion and um, his drive is crazy to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, well, so- it would have been so hard to bet it t- for him to lose when you saw what he was doing since whole 12 of worlds it was birdie 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 all the way up to 18 and so like you know when he goes like for those that you don't know that don't know like there's this thing called mcbeast mode like when paul Macbeth goes into mcbeast mode no one can beat him and like except for the best shot in disc golf ever like he wasn't gonna lose um so yeah definitely uh Love Ken Climo, especially after that interview. And I'm still learning, you know, so much about the game and its history. Um, But got to pick Paul on that one.
0: Yeah. yeah, It's been crazy. Not to go too far into the world championships, but watching, I'd never watched live him turn on McBeast mode. And there was one hole where James laid up a putt and then Paul stepped up and it was only maybe 15 feet in front of James's shot and drilled it. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he <laughs> is on. This is going to be fun to watch. Um
1: mm-hmm. my, I was watching it in person. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, my
0: 15-year-old daughter was we were glued to the phone all day watching. She was following, she loves Paige. So she was really oh, that's awesome. Paige. Yeah, so it was fun to see. Um, all right, so Pierce or Cover.
1: Ooh. So, do you mean Juliana Corber? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: both five times.
1: Yeah, they are both five times, and they're both currently touring. I think uh, Juliana Corber has had the more impressive season so far, having been someone that like essentially retired from the game. And then decided to come back this season and every tournament, she kept adding another tournament to her schedule until she was like, okay, I'm touring full-time this season. Um, So the fact that she is competing with the best and consistently getting top 10, top five is super impressive. Paige, she, you know, some people said she had a slow start to her season, but, I, uh, I believe that she totally had it in her to win that world championship. Um, you know, it was just that, you know, the, that pressure of Katrina's shot. Um, and so for me, they both like, they are really good competitors and I am in awe. Like I have not played with either of them yet on like a card during a tournament. I've played right. practice uh, practice rounds with Juliana, um, not, not Paige yet, but, um, that's harder for me to choose. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to pick Paige purely from knowing that, like, she is a hundred percent all in. Who knows what Juliana is going to keep doing after this season obviously i would love to keep seeing your play but there's no doubt that Paige has a career in this sport for like the next 10 years oh, so yeah. um i think time will tell and and time will will pick Paige. <laughs> awesome
0: well <laughs> thank you for talking with us at, you know disc golf and and everything else and it's exciting to follow your career i can't wait to see where you go from here um, and for those of watching, if, if this, you know, hearing us talk about disc golf and, and get into it, if this hasn't encouraged you to go out there and try it, pick up a disc and go try it. Um, I, I don't know what else we'll just go
1: watch, <laughs>
0: and throw that shot. It's so fun,
1: um, And you get to go to beautiful places. <laughs>
0: right. So that was my next question. Um, it, it kind of wrapped things up. So where can people find you here in the next couple of months? Where are you going to be? And are you going to be able to hit any powwows while you're out there traveling on tour?
1: I love that question, um, because actually at, before I even knew this interview was going to happen, I was looking, I follow urban native era mm-hmm. online. And so they, they created, uh, the unofficial, official pow tee for the year. <laughs> like, is it? um, uh, and so I was like looking at, it, I was like, should I buy this shirt? I really want this shirt. <laughs> um, because I have not gone to a powwow since I mean I think the last event I went to before COVID, it wasn't even a powwow, it was the uh the hoop dancing worlds competition. Oh, I heard, yeah. Yeah. So that was the last thing I had gone to. And so um I definitely need to look at the schedule and would love to find a powwow along the way to go to. I'm gonna be in the Midwest. And then so I just got off the wait list today for the discraft great lakes open that's in milford milford michigan and then uh clearwater minnesota um and then i'll be at peoria illinois Mm -hmm. um and then after peoria i go into burlington kentucky which is right close to cincinnati um and then uh stafford open is in new jersey right next to philly and then um I don't know if I'm on the Delaware disc golf one, but that one's in Newark. And then uh, let's see, there's three more after that MVP open. It's at Maple Hill disc golf course. I don't know what city that is. And green mountain championship is in Jeffersonsville. uh, uh, Oh yeah. Cambridge, Vermont. Right. Yeah. And then uh, music city open is the PDGA national tour finale. That's in Nashville, Tennessee. And then, so I'm signed up for a few other ones that aren't part of the official tour. So there's one in Myrtle Beach, I think there's one in Atlanta, one back home. Um, I'm basically playing disc golf for the rest of the year. So if you look at my disc at my PDGA page, and I'm on a city near you, you can definitely reach out to me on Instagram, and um, I'll look up I'll look up stops along the way and see if there's anything that I can go to because. Yeah, I need, I need some, I need some powwow love in my yeah. life, like seriously, badly. <laughs> and of
0: course, since you're, you're from the West Coast, I have to ask, have you been to Gathering? And if you have, what, when was the last time you went?
1: I have not, I have oh, not. No. Okay. I almost went one year, but back when I was a professional Ultimate Frisbee player, that took up all of my time, so like if you think about disc golf, that was my time with ultimate. So right, right. it left me very few free time to go, to go to that.
0: <laughs> well, again, thanks so much for being here and, and I uh, appreciate your time tonight.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for the great questions.
0: Thanks. All right. Are you ready to start playing disc golf yet? If you weren't inspired by Leah, what, what else is going to take? Go check out some YouTube videos. Go, you know, we talked about the shot on the interview. Go just Google the shot, James Codrad. Man, there's, disc golf is a great sport, and I hope you'll get out there and give it a try. Thanks, Leah, for, for being with us on this interview. Um, so, everybody, as I promised, I've got a bonus code for you for the Pendleton Blanket giveaway. Ready for it? Here it is, 9972. 9972, that is your special bonus code only for you listeners on this podcast. So, go enter that at wwwpowelscom 25 and get some special entries into our Pendleton Blanket giveaway. Also want to say a special thank you to the boosters. I call them our our booster club at powwows.com. They're our powwow nation supporters, and they are making monthly contributions that really help us grow the site. One of the things we're trying to do in 2021 and and really 2022 is we want to get out there and we want to do more webcasts. Travel is still going to be difficult over the next couple of years as as we battle this this virus. So I want to bring more powwows to your living room so you can watch them on your phone, on your computer, on your TV. We want to get out there and stream more powwows. Before the pandemic hit, we were doing about 10 or 15 powwow streams a year, and we want to do even more, and we need your help. So please head on over to our Patreon at powwownation.com. Consider joining. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you all to to the people who have done that. So we really appreciate their support, and we are working toward getting more powwows out to you live. If you haven't watched one of our powwow lives Ah, man, you'll be missing a lot. We've got some great ones coming up here in the next couple of months. As long as travel r- remains open, So keep your fingers crossed for that, and we'll bring some great powwows right to your living room. So, again, appreciate your support with that, www.powellnation.com. Thank you all. Again, I'm Paul Gowder with powwows.com. We record these interviews every Thursday night on Facebook and YouTube live. Love to have you join us live or check them out here on the Powwow Life podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe out there, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Powwow Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com. Forward slash calendar. Support Powells.com by visiting www.powernation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwalllife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed?